Hello and welcome to the Healing with Excellence Carmela and Kim show episode number three. We're here today to talk about the most frustrating part sometimes about living well or losing weight or anything else we got to deal with is the food. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, we're all on a different spectrum when it comes to food and what we think is healthy and, you know, what a diet is. And, you know, as most of you know, there's a new fad every year between intermittent fasting and paleo and keto and Atkins and vegan and juicing. It's like, it's so exhausting. And then by the time we get done sorting through all that, some people are barely eating or they're like, just screw it. I'm going to McDonald's, you know, what have you felt like with food that's been kind of confusing or frustrating? I mean, I've been lucky. I've always been slim my whole life. So I never had an overweight issue, but I actually have an underweight issue. You know, I thought it was great and nothing that I took a boneless chicken breast and it lasted me for three meals with a couple of sides. Mm. I maintained my weight. I wasn't hungry, but tell them what I was doing to my body. I was losing what? (laughs) Yeah. Losing bone. Yeah. So that is a great formula for creating osteopenia osteoporosis, you know, and that was some part of what was adding to your pain. And And that's what's so tough too, is I've been very, very thin, like underweight. And then I've also been slightly heavier after childbirth and stress. And, and it really, it doesn't matter what size you are. You can still feel physically ill. You could still be creating chronic disease and, or you could still feel really bad about yourself. And that's the thing is, um, you know, it's learning how to eat, to create our best life, to create our best vitality. And for me personally, I just wanted less time in a doctor's office, less time with pain. Uh, like you, you deal with sinus stuff often. And I, I lived with sinus infections from like 13 years of age until 33. And then when I started learning this stuff, I, I mean, I'm 46, I've not had a sinus issue in 13 years. It almost doesn't even, I can't even believe that I lived that way for two decades prior. Right. You know? It just is, it was crazy. It was normal for me. And then you've got the media and everybody else throwing all these crazy diets at you and telling you what's good this week and what's not. And broccoli's good. And no, it's not. And this is good. And you just, yeah. you don't know. The average person doesn't know. We just do the best we can. Yeah. Or the news is telling you in between the news on the commercials, you can take all your fruits and vegetables in these two shiny little pills. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, you know, we love our pills. We don't want to yes. take your lifestyle, just pop a pill and you'll be all better. Uh, yeah, I so wish it worked that way. I tell people all the time, like, don't kill the messenger. Like last night, what I was telling you, I was working with a, a family on a holistic plan for each of them. Each person had a different trigger as I spoke about what our cells needed. I, you know, sometimes I think I'm going to get jumped and I'm like, okay, okay, don't take this out on the messenger. I, I had to go through all these same reactions as you did. And I said, I had to deal with physiological addictions to food and fear of eating certain things. I said, I'm just sharing basic biology with you. So blame biology, not me. But yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's scary. It's funny Cause once you start to cut those things out of your diet and actually eat better, eat healthier, cleaner, mm-hmm. isn't that your term? Eat cleaner. Um, You actually don't want that stuff. I mean, I worked next door to McDonald's. So Mm -hmm. I I thought I ate pretty well. I got to go home for lunch. So I always had whatever was left over from dinner the night before. We cooked, you know, really good meals at home. But more times than I'd like to admit, I actually just ran to McDonald's. And it took 
seriously about a year, I think I was addicted to the McDonald's. And once I got that out of my system and I went back and I ate it, I felt what it did to me. I felt horrible. My stomach felt horrible. My head felt horrible. I actually felt it in my sinuses. Yeah, it's crazy. So once you break that cycle, you don't actually want to go back to it. So it's not a struggle. Everybody always thinks it's going to be a struggle. Oh, if I got to lose weight, it's going to be a struggle. I got to suffer. You don't. The food no. that you tell people to eat is amazing food. <laughs> well, no. And that's the thing is that, and that's the other confusing thing is sometimes what we have been taught as clean is could actually be killing us. And that's where I had to unlearn. So at one point I lived pretty much unhealthy. Like I skipped breakfast at, at school, at high school, I had a Swiss cake roll and a soft serve ice cream every day. And I would undress my Swiss cake roll meticulously. And maybe at dinner, we would have a decent meal, but it was still like shake and bake chicken, some Lipton noodles and a vegetable. It was still a lot of <laughs> processed kind of, right? So that's how my journey kind of started. And then I evolved to like lean cuisines and low fat hot pockets and low fat Cheez-Its and morning star farm burger patties, you know, and that's when I started getting a lot of chronic diagnoses. And I knew how to watch calories to be really fit and very lean. And I exercised all the time so I could keep my weight impeccable. I was not thinking about food as in vitamins and nutrients. I was just looking at calories and how do I stay lean? And, and so that's why, even when I was at my fittest and leanest, I had my most diagnoses. And that's why I can't stand when the general medical professional say, Oh, if you lose weight, you'll get rid of the pain. If you lose weight, you won't have this. No, that's, that's not true. It's how you lose the weight that determines whether or not you're going to be fit and healthy. Because again, I have a very, a lot of people with ideal weight that have multiple chronic diagnoses because they didn't know that it's not just about calories. It's what is that food made up of, or like what you went through, you're like, I'm not trying to starve myself. I'm just trying to make a little go a long way. And I feel comfortable on that one third of a chicken breast. You weren't oh, intentionally. Yeah, yeah. You didn't, you didn't know that that could be causing your body to waste like collagen or bone density. And you're just doing the best you can and you were eating good food. So, you know, that's, so it's a lot to kind of sort through. And uh, I just told someone today they're like, Kim, I don't understand why I'm overweight. Like, and if you see how this person eats, they literally probably eat like 800 to thousand calories a day. And I said, well, that's the tough part. I tell people today, 90% of the people I meet with. So like 20 years ago as a fitness trainer, many people I met with were just overeating. Now, 90% of the people I meet with are under eating because they're scared to death to eat too much food. They don't want to gain more weight or, or they're too busy to eat enough. And so She's like, if you saw how much I exercise and how little I eat, it's really hard to believe that I'm, you know, 50, 60 pounds overweight. And I said, no, that's the, that's the thing you can get overweight from eating too much. And you can be overweight from eating too little because your body will kind of store fat to keep you alive. It'll slow down your metabolism. So it's really finding that sweet spot where you, you don't eat as much as your body needs to sustain where you're at, but you don't eat the least that your body needs either. Cause then when you hit a plateau, you can't go any lower or else you're going to get chronically ill from starvation, you know? 
So a lot of people go from one extreme to the other, like maybe eating too much and then starving themselves. And it's really just how can you eat the most amount of good food for yourself, still lose weight. And if you hit a little plateau, you could make a small adjustment. Like when you're in boot camp and we just reduce the butter just a little bit and you lost your five pounds that you were stuck at. Right. I said that to eat my butter. You didn't tell me not to eat butter. You just said, don't eat, you know, three quarters of a stick every morning with your bagel. Exactly. And now I would say, let's switch to eggs and no bagel (laughs) and cook your eggs in butter. And so that's where things have evolved too. Back when I met you, I thought having like a bagel with low fat cream cheese was health food, you know? And then I had to learn that, oh no, that actually isn't good for our body. So yeah. So if we kept this on a basic level, if we, and maybe this won't even sound basic, so I'm glad that you're here. (laughs) So our cells you know, we're made up of anywhere from 60 to 80 trillion cells. There's different numbers that you find when you're out there and they're compressed together to make all of our organs. Well, those cells need nutrients to do their job. So our cells need nutrients to operate what's called our metabolism. And if we don't have the right nutrients coming in, the cells can't do what they need. So what I didn't know, I needed a certain amount of calories and those calories had to be made up of specific macros, which are protein, carbs, and fat and specific micros, which are all our vitamins that we hear about, like vitamin oh, A, B, C. The new diet say carbs are bad. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And again, I, if, if someone were to ask me, do I go vegan or do I go carnivore? I'm going to go, go carnivore because it's easier for me to help you like popping a potato or a fruit. If you're getting a little bit unhealthy, you know, again, and I'm not a dietitian, this is just teaching them how their body works. But as a whole, if, when in the past I tried like vegan and juicing, I didn't realize how much that was depleting my body. Cause it's really hard to make bone and muscle from lettuce, you know, uh, and, and no offense out there because I know some people think you can do it from beans, but you can't. So, and you know, I love your analogies and your stories. You got to tell them the story about how, you know, a hundred years ago, <laughs> yes, yes. Well, grandma had, I, you know, eight kids. <laughs> Exactly. Well, I just asked someone today, when you were a kid, how many avocados were you eating? How much avocado oil did you use? None. I said, okay, so we don't want to do everything avocado now. It's not even innate to your heritage, your genetics. So just because the new age thing says this thing's a specific superfood doesn't mean it's super for you. And that's, that's, I, I ask people all the time before there were grocery stores, what did your family eat? You know, now that we have grocery stores, we can buy kale every single day. We can buy cashews every single day. And so it's not that all these foods are bad for you, but if you have kale every day or spinach or nuts every day, you're going to have some kind of inflammation because of something called an anti-nutrient, which are something called oxalates and phytic acid. Those plants have natural occurring chemicals that protect them in nature. And when you consume them in reg- on regular boats, bouts, they, they impact our body and they strip minerals from our body. So a lot of people that are trying to eat more health foods are actually declining just as much as someone that's not paying attention at all. And, you know, having like a 12 pack every weekend and, you know, having a Big Mac when they're tired at night, you know? So it's just finding balance. I tell people if we could keep the values of the early 1900s and use the convenience of today's grocery store, like basically almost staying on the outer perimeter and just not going crazy with these superfoods. Like we could really feel pretty darn amazing and not have to be neurotic about food. Like 
what was happening with me, especially in the fitness industry, you know, we're told every year of a new fad, you know, we have to understand macros and calories to some extent, because when you're training somebody, they won't get results if you don't know that to some level, or you could hurt them if they're not eating at all. And so for me, I was like, who is right? Like in my industry, when everybody was contradicting each other in different studies and different things. So I started looking back at like my great grandparents and I started asking my clients over 90, like what they ate when they were a kid. And I remember my great grandparents lived into the late eighties and nineties. They did not step on a scale every day. They didn't have a dietitian. They didn't have a personal trainer. They were not obese. I'm like, how did they do that without having to think, you know, it was just like, natural to stay kind of an ideal weight. Well, if you look and I watched my grandmother, she is still in her eighties would like make homemade tomato soup. She would not use the microwave. She would like, you know, scramble up some eggs. All of them did not fall for the dieting industry. So they weren't using egg beaters and egg whites. They weren't using like fake butter. They made their food from scratch, even if it was simple. And when I looked at their plates, because a lot of people will say like, oh, I need this many macros, which like how many grams of carbs, how many grams of protein? Well, again, I lived in that space for so long. It was so neurotic how much I was calculating calories and fat grams. And I realized that even though I looked like impeccably fit on the outside, inside, I was dying on the inside. That was all my brain was thinking about. It was such a, a waste, the obsession that I had with it. Now, the cool thing was it taught me how the body works and it helps me identify when I'm off track or how to help somebody else like figure it out for themselves. But when I looked at the people's food from years ago, it was like half protein, a little bit of starch and a little veggie veggie, and like butter, like real food. So I said, okay, I don't care who's right, who's wrong. If my grandparents could live into their nineties, not caring about this stuff, that's how I'm going to live. And if those foods give me a good balance of macros and a good balance of vitamins, then I'm just going to eat that way every day. I'm going to try to eat whole foods. I'm going to try not to have like fried foods or processed foods. I'm going to drink water more than soda or tea. And and I'm going to try to make sure the calories that my body needs are made up from those real foods. And as soon as I started going back to how like my great grandparents from the Midwest ate, like every diagnosis I had started to go away. It was crazy. You know, I mean, I always thought that I ate a well-balanced diet, but like I said, I, I didn't eat enough food, but I was full. So I stopped eating when I was full. And then when I started increasing my food, as you had suggested, I wasn't eating enough calories and I was trying to get more eggs in and more bacon. I know that sounds crazy. Like (laughs) who needs someone to tell them to eat more bacon, but I actually felt the difference in my body. And now I'm hungry every four hours I need to eat. I'm hungry. I have not gained a pound, not one pound. So it's not like I have definitely, I would say within the last month and a half, two months, at least doubled my food intake. Wow. That's awesome. I have not gained any weight, no inches. Well, I don't know that I haven't gained any weight because, you know, the only time I weigh myself is when I go to Publix, but (laughs) I could tell from the way my clothes fit and yes, I I feel amazing. I know it's only going to get better when I start paying real attention to it. 
Right. Well, and when we meet for a follow-up, we talked about, you know, I do that body composition measurement because to me, body composition is much more valuable than a BMI measurement because it's actually checking what your weight is made up of. A BMI chart is just saying what your height and weight is. And that really doesn't tell you if you're made up of healthy weight or more unhealthy weight. So when you and I did that measurement to see, kind of get an idea how much bone loss you had had, let's say you were at 90 pounds of lean body mass and 20 pounds of fat what tends to happen when people start eating differently, they'll gain 10 pounds of healthy tissue, like bone, muscle, cartilage, you know, healthy organ tissue, and then lose 10 pounds of fat. So their scale weight doesn't change, but the vitality of their body is altered because they gain that healthy tissue and then trade that for the body fat. And so that's really what we're aiming for. And when somebody loses weight, let's say someone goes on a rapid weight loss diet and they lose 30 pounds just by maybe eating low carb or very low calorie. If they lose 30 pounds, 10 of those pounds could be their healthy lean tissue. And then after the weight loss, now they have this chronic back pain because of the wasting of the tissue or one gentleman started going into heart failure and he went to the Mayo Clinic trying to figure out what's going on with his heart because he had lost 50 pounds, thought he did amazing. And uh, a trainer that I taught in uh, Wisconsin, she's like, no, I think you need to meet with this girl, Kim. She was having heart issues too about 10 years ago. She might be able to help you. Well, sure enough, when I met him, he was only eating like a thousand calories a day, like two half Subway subs with like veggie or turkey. And he didn't realize that wasn't enough to help his heart work effectively, that we need specific calories and micronutrients and macronutrients for all of these organs to do their job. And I never realized that like when you go to sleep at night, your body's not shut off. It's actually doing a ton of work. It's like a car in idle at a red light and the fuel that you consume consume during the day is what it's utilizing to renew tissue, to work your heart, brain, and lungs. And I just didn't think about that. I thought as long as I was eating, it was like, okay, one apple or granola bar or like a hundred calorie cereal that I wasn't trying to starve myself or be anorexic, but I didn't realize just picking at those little foods was not enough quality, not enough calories, not enough quality food to actually help my organs do their job effectively. And that's why I was getting multiple diagnoses. When I'm hungry, I always go for bread. It's quick. It's easy. I love bread. Fills mm-hmm. me up. What did I get out of that? Had right. help and, me at all? Yeah, no, I was the same way. Or I'd be eat my high fiber nature zone bread with some peanut butter, and I thought I was doing amazing. And then because I was not eating enough protein, I really craved a lot of bread. So I would I literally, I would go to Pizza Hut, eat the breadsticks, and then ask for an extra sauce so I could dip the crust for the bread, the like a breadstick too. And so it was just crazy. And what happens, I did not know in my uh, early thirties, I was getting fibrocystic breast and I had neuropathy. I was at the hospital twice due to neuropathy. I did not know that when you consume bread, caffeine and alcohol, that you block specific B vitamins from being absorbed, such as vitamin B6. And I also didn't know that half those foods don't even have B vitamins. So not only was I not consuming enough B vitamins, the ones I was taking in, I was blocking with my food choices. And so when you're low in just one nutrient, it can cause a host of symptoms in the body because certain chemical reactions that need to occur to help with your cell renewal can't take place. And so I didn't know like a couple small coffees a day, a granola bar and like a piece of toast 
was lowering my B6. And when you get low in B6, you get neuropathy. Not everybody, but a lot of people do. So like numbness and tingling in your arms. And so had I not learned that, I might've gotten some crazy diagnosis just because the majority of medical community does not check for low B6. They'll check for B12 once in a while, but not for B1, B2, Only B3. Only tell them you're tired. Right, yeah. And even then, sometimes they won't. So it's, uh, I mean, recently- some people dealing with long haul COVID, they're prescribing Adderall. Like, I'm like, why are you giving a 50 year old Adderall? Because they're not focused after COVID. It, it's just scary. And so that in that medication can then cause like heart palpitations or insomnia. So now you're getting another drug to offset the first drug. Oh, don't so, even yeah. get me started on the drugs. I watched a TV today and there was a, some drug, I can't remember the name about psoriasis. And the end was it caused headaches, nausea, thoughts of suicide, depression. <laughs> so if you want to clear up that patch of skin, <laughs> you're going to have all these other side effects. Yeah, it's scary. It's definitely scary. So let's just do a simple recap. And then if there's anything you want to add in, you know, let me know. And we can talk about maybe implementation and diet on one of our future calls, because we talked a little bit about you know, making it, and maybe we could get some in today, but about how to cook and make it easy. But the yeah, first do thing, a cooking show. yes, that's going to be you. That's going to be you. And, uh, and I used to do cooking shows and I do have that healthy cooking concepts where I cook 16 meals to teach people how to cook like four meals at a time. So that is recorded and people could do that to learn how to start making this their lifestyle without having to think. It because feels they over. Do, they, some people think that this is so hard to do. You're working, your kids are in school, you mm-hmm. got a busy life. And if they didn't grow up with parents who cooked healthy meals or even cooked, it's not second nature for them. It is no. for me, but, right. but we can literally show them how it, it's really, it's not as hard as you think. And no. it's not as expensive as you think. No, when I first started, I was like, I was working 80 hours a week, had two small children, multiple clients. And so I, I said, okay, I'm going to have an orange as a snack and a hard boiled egg. And then I, I would just say, okay, what's a simple dinner I could cook? Even if it was just like ground beef and boiled potatoes, I started somewhere. And then as I started feeling better from those changes, then I was able to do more elaborate things. But where it was so amazing after I made the effort to focus on the food, I no longer had lost time with the sinus infections and the chronic fatigue and the neuropathy right. and the ER visit and the doctor visit. I mean, I saved so much time and money learning how to invest into my food versus over-the-counter medications and multiple supplements and then co-pays, deductibles. And so I tell people every ounce of time or money that I've put into learning how to eat and feed myself has paid me back tenfold. And not only me, my family and people around me. And so, yeah, food is one of the things we really should honor and cherish and be grateful for. Um, but when, to keep it simple for people, one thing that I was never taught that, and some of you've heard it, but it just seems like it's not that important. We need to know what our basal metabolic rate is plus our activity levels, which means how many calories does your body need at rest to do its work efficiently so that you don't have symptoms. And you can easily Google this online. Like what's my basal metabolic rate? There's a basal metabolic rate calculator with activity that you can plug in. I'll I'll actually put that link in the show notes and you can just get an idea how much you're supposed to be eating. Now, I don't want people to have to count calories neurotically, but let's say it says you need 2,500 calories. 
you might want to look at what that looks like in volume of good food and, and see like, oh my gosh, wow, I've been eating way too little or, oh my gosh, I've been like stuffing my face at PF Chang's and this is way too much. <laughs> you know, we had to, we had to figure that out. So if somebody knows how much they need and then they start trying to make their day kind of look like that balance of like a meat, a vegetable, a starch, that's a great start. And then let's say for you, you want to learn how to evolve that a different way. Or let's say you are, you feel that carnivore is more accurate or something or veganism, whatever it is you think is more accurate for you. The main goal is make sure you're actually getting enough. That's the first goal. And if you don't have any idea how many calories your body needs, that's like not knowing how many gallons of gas your car needs or like that in my weed whacker, I need partial oil to cycle engine oil to go with my gas. If I don't know that the weed whacker can't run, but does it mean the weed eater is broken or does it mean I don't know what goes in it? And that's what I didn't realize with my body, all the nutrition stuff I obsessively studied. I did not know how to calculate how many units of energy my body needed and that it really had to be a balance of certain macros and micros to make me feel well. See, and people like me who has never had a weight issue, but was also never into uh, physical fitness. I was just naturally thin. Mm -hmm. I never even pay attention to any of that stuff. Nobody ever talked to me about that and what it was actually doing to my body. Right. You wouldn't even think about that because, and and you fall through the cracks when you're thin, people just assume, oh, she's thin, no big deal. Because we're taught in medical community, you're only going to have health issues if you're overweight and, and things like cancer develop by not knowing what nutrients we need, or like what we talked about with bone loss. I mean, osteoporosis, one in every two women over 55 in our country have osteoporosis and one in every two man, men in, in our country over 65. And that's not actually normal. And osteoporosis can actually be stalled and reversed contrary to common knowledge, just by teaching somebody what fuel they need for their bones to remodel themselves. That's crazy. And then we'll teach them how to cook amazing meals in big batches and freeze it for those days that they're working. So they don't have to buy McDonald's. Carmela is absolutely awesome. <laughs> awesome. using like the sealer bag. She's way better than me with all that stuff, guys. And good at being, um, uh, frugal. She's good at figuring out how to make it all happen, which is I could awesome. probably have prime rib tonight that's already cooked and frozen and I could reheat it in 10 minutes. Okay. Well then I'm coming over later. <laughs> all right. Well, I appreciate everybody for joining us. I think we actually knocked out quite a lot in this episode. Uh, so look for future episodes, please underneath some of our shows or like, if you're watching this, if you click through Facebook to learn about us and you'll start to see this on all platforms, we're going to start on Buzzsprout and then it'll be on other platforms, but feel free to message us underneath uh, the podcast to say what you'd like to learn more about, or if there's something we talked about that struck a nerve and you're like, okay, you like really freaked me out by not saying, don't eat kale and eat avocado oil. Feel free to <laughs> put that in there and we can highlight some more, share some resources with you because trust me, I have had to go through everything that each of you are going through and Carmela is going through that transition herself. So we can feel your pain for sure. And you it's know? a lot easier than you think. Yes. And the blessings are worth the investment. Absolutely. So thank you so much and keep an eye out for us on episode four. Bye everyone.